is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering five conversations from Episode 8, our discussion of digital therapeutics. Plus, from The Vault, Conversation 18.4 from Season 3, in which Jeff Lazarus and Jorn Schottenberg discuss their objectives for Sections 4, 5, and 6, basically the second day, of the then-upcoming inaugural Innovations in Nathalie Care meeting in Barcelona. This wrap-up conversation centers around my final question, asking participants how they believe digital therapeutics will evolve over time. Each panelist sees a key role for digital apps to play in combating the fatty liver pandemic, but they differ significantly in how this role will look and how it will be implemented in medical practice today and in the future. Listening to Jorn Schottenberg and Louise Campbell, in contrast to the four U.S.-based panelists, it is also clear that differences in health system structure and reimbursement can play a key role in this issue over time. The future for digital healthcare is extremely rich and exciting, but it also has unique challenges fitting into the existing healthcare ecosystem. This episode captures both the challenges and the excitement while remaining optimistic and true to the potential for digitalization and AI to improve healthcare over time. These are big questions with complicated answers. So just sit back, listen, enjoy, learn. And when you're done, join the dialogue in our LinkedIn discussion group. As I'm listening to what Mark and Joe, what you're describing, it's, I'm wondering if these are things that over time are likely to evolve together. In essence, you know, Joe, you kind of have one rather large piece of this issue. Mark has a, a different piece of it. But are they co-evolutionary or are they likely over time to, to would you guess, to go off in different directions? I think cognitive behavioral therapy has to be at the core of, of a treatment plan that eventually may grow into pharmaceuticals as new pharmaceuticals come along. It's not that they converge, they have already converged. And certainly cognitive behavioral therapy and a digital therapeutic as part of a platform makes a lot of sense. The real question becomes, how do you rise up the patient from the underground and how do you get the healthcare system to support a best practice that should be effectively supported, but is finding headwinds with adoption? So they are already merged. The question is, can you find a business model that puts it all together in a well-packaged solution? I tend to agree. And, and I also think it's these are very early days, although we're all very familiar with software and the potential for AI. The reality is, is that we are at early days for digital therapies and, and digital tools. So there's a tremendous amount of evolution to be had. I mean, we've been building our product for seven years and we see tremendous potential to continue to evolve the capacity of the product and the AI that lives with it. But I think fundamentally, you know, nobody wants a ton of point solutions. In, in the end, I think the evolution will be towards solutions that do integrate well and do form a system of care that takes a population medicine view that is really about designing solutions that are automated, pointed to the right person at the right time that takes burden off of the healthcare system, off of providers that makes patients' lives easier and better, but in an efficient way. That And, and I think that's the work that is ahead, that there's a lot of work to be done on integrating these solutions into health systems, into platforms, you know, to really make that population vision really come to reality. We're, we're at early days. So that'll be, I think, what's going to be super exciting about the next decade. I'm going to add two notes. One is that I even had to jump off. The second is when I said at the beginning, only American-born, I was 
thinking of episodes we have that are largely populated by people living in the U.S. At this point in time, about half our episodes don't have anybody living in the U.S. except for me. The last time we had four people living in the U.S. on an episode where I was the only person born in the States, I think that's been a while. With, with that as a note, let me go back to where Mark was. Where you live now, so different answers for different people. Where is all this in five years? Would you guess? Would you hypothesize? Do you believe? Do you plan? Take the, take the descriptor of your choice. I'll go first and say that in terms of digital therapeutics, they are most, for the most part digital health solutions. Let's call it that. They're for the most part living outside of the health system right now. And I think there's tremendous evolution that needs to happen in that realm. But what's going to happen over the next five years is that we're going to start to see digital therapies or digital medicines become integrated within the healthcare system and become part of the standard of care. And I would predict that within five years, several, if not most of the cardiometabolic conditions like NAFLD or, or NASH will include digital therapies as an option as a part of standard of care treatment, complementary to the ho- hopefully great evolution that we see on the pharmaceutical side as well. I think, Roger, that the term digital therapeutic will disappear because right now it's a great idea for a very limited scope application that seems to be spending a ton of time getting FDA approval under a paradigm that's more related to a molecule than it is to a computer program. When you try to apply for an FDA certification, you're going to have an on-label use for a digital algorithm that by nature should be changing constantly because the pace at which digital changes is, is much faster than the molecule, especially if it has no potential adverse effects to the patients, right? I mean, molecules are much more stringent on adverse effects, but you know, computer programs are much less likely to cause any harm, especially when supervised by the adequate provider. So what I think will happen is we will move away from the concept of a digital therapeutic into digital specialized platforms that are going to be helping health systems and providers take care of very particular conditions under an ecosystem that includes several things, you know, an app, population health, medication, supervision, remote monitoring, all those things in particular are going to coalesce into programs that actually deal with certain specialized conditions. And those programs are going to be different according to the severity of the condition per se. So you will see different business models evolve around that. In other words, digital therapeutics is essentially a stepping stone into a new generation digital health platform. I'm going to echo what Joe said with a combination of Mark, because I think what I would think I will see is that in five years, what you will get is the majority of common conditions that cross diabetes, cardiovascular, all of that side that require nutrition, weight loss management, CBT to change behavior will all be on one platform that every one of those referral specialities will refer into. So there will be a standardization that will be quality assured and KPI indicators that can tell you what patients are getting. And that should reduce healthcare costs because you get equality of referral into it across those divisions. So you get a standardized level of care, whether you're in endocrine, cardiology, hepatology, obesity management. And that to me is about the patient. The patient becomes key, the center and the person. You treat the person with all of the commonalities, give them the best, and then you tweak out the areas you'll need. And I think the combination of what Mark and Joe are talking about healthcare and potentially what we talk about pre 
free healthcare, you can reach that. And that has a massive potential for healthcare resources, use and cost saving. So, Jorn, how does that work in Germany? That's a good question. Uh, you know, first of all, again, I didn't get to speak up in this episode as much as I, I would have liked to. It was time restrained, but it was so interesting just to listen to you, Mark and uh, Joe, and, and, you know, get names, hands-on experience on this. So, uh, again, I'm fascinated with the approach. So, Joe said something, you know, who's going to want to pay for this? And we were talking about a universal healthcare coverage here in Germany. You said that the health insurance is going to be changed and, and they might not have an interest to invest in that. But there's societal interest. It must be so big to invest in this because we want to stay healthy as a society. We want to use these people that we train and educate to, to live long and healthy. So I think there must be, for people that can afford it, I think they'll just buy it. So there's this way to engage with his own health and be provided. I think for the universal health care coverage, there is the challenge to provide the evidence-based character. Uh, again, as Joe said, you know, a changing algorithm. And that's really the strength of it. You know, it's not going to be the same because it adapts to your lifestyle. Maybe the underlying code is the same, or I'm not sure. Maybe you can approve a code or something, Joe, but <laughs> you would know better than I do. And that's the challenge. And it goes towards prevention. That's what I said at one point. There's big programs key toward prevention. I think this is where it's going to fit in perfectly. So I would rather, instead of saying therapeutic, I'd probably talk about preventive measures. While, again, Mark, I agree, and you've showed in your data that you're capable of treating even potentially advanced disease cases. What I take out of all this, besides the fact my head is spinning slightly, is that these tools are coming to a system that isn't currently best equipped to deal with them. So, Joe, I think what you're talking about is might be the fastest adaptive path to get these kinds of tools into the system as it exists today, um, given, given some of the challenges around ranging from how drugs get approved to how specialists make money, right? I mean, this fights both those at the same time. And then when you go out to, to Germany where Jorn, and just Germany where Jorn has talked about the lower level of digitalization health records, then you have a whole different level of challenge. Coupled with universal payment, you have a whole different set of challenges. Joe, I like your vision that instead of talking about this as digital therapeutics, this is simply going to become almost the broader sense of digital health with, with a lot of things hanging off at a lot of different levels. But um, it will be fascinating to see how this all evolves. It obviously has tremendous potential. We trivialize the term game changer all the time, but this certainly can be one or two or three, depending upon which games exactly we're talking about. But um, it will also be interesting to see how the established structure that isn't so well equipped to deal with this. Joe's example, I think about um, continuous improvement of digital health versus what do you do with molecules? And what does that mean regulatorily is just a fantastic example of places where the structure as it exists is going to clash with the tools as they're created. A lot to see. We will keep following this over time. And now back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded this conversation or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We'll be back next week with another innovative and inspiring conversation. So until then, stay safe, surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.